And welcome in to the Fun Astrology Podcast on Hump Day on Christmas week. Thomas Miller on December 23rd. Glad you could stop by. We're going to be quick today, but I'm going to tell you a story that isn't real. (laughs) Some mythology here we'll talk about in just a second. I hope your Christmas week is going well. So figured I'd spend one more day on Jupiter-Saturn, and then we'll roll on. We're going to set the stage for the weekend and the Christmas holiday tomorrow, and then I'm going to take the weekend long, be back for a couple of days next week, and then take the rest of next week off. So that's kind of the macro game plan. Thinking about Jupiter and Saturn, boy, as I reflected on this, there was the perfect analogy. People have been asking, well, what, what is this like? What, what about Jupiter and Saturn? What is the significance? I mentioned in Monday's podcast, as I got up early and was watching the U.S. stock market literally tumble. I mean, I before I came to record, it was tumbling down. It went down over right at about 100 points overnight. And then during the day, it slow crawled up about 70 of those 100 points. So we had a crash overnight. We had a slow crawl up during the day. Jupiter, Saturn. So basically, you had both characteristics. You had the destruction of Saturn. You had the expansion of Jupiter. But Jupiter's expansion was slow and methodical. It did not rocket back up. So I think that's a very important metaphor to keep in mind. And actually, if you go back in history and play with that from 1961, 1980, 2000, you could see that kind of pattern in history. Now, these are big macro themes, and W.D. Gann, I've mentioned him quite a bit, would study this aspect and study those cycles. So if you're applying this to financial markets, for example, then you could watch for the decline cycle, and then you could watch for the rebuild cycle. And we've had them all in those time frames. And you can watch for that in your own life, too. I think back on the year 2000 aspect, and that time for me was very reflective of this same pattern right before that conjunction, and then about seven years after that conjunction, I went through my two divorces. And after the second one, it was a slow rebuild of my life that is now all documented in the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast. It was very expansive. I mean, my gosh, it made the difficult times look like, bah, what was that? And I'm not minimizing difficult times, but boy, would I ever take where I am now a thousand times But it didn't happen overnight. It was a very Saturnian process. So I thought mythology would be kind of fun for today. So let's talk about these two characters. And of course, we have two versions of this with two different sets of characters, really, because we have the Greco version of mythology and the Roman version of mythology. But basically, Zeus slash Jupiter ultimately became the king of the gods. Well, how did we come to that point? Well, Saturn was Jupiter's father. So Saturn was born basically to the biblical analogy of Adam and Eve, the first god and goddess in mythology. Saturn overthrew his father and became the primary deity. Along the way, Saturn was tipped off that possibly he would be overthrown by one of his children. So when his children were born, and they were Neptune or Poseidon in Greek history, Pluto or Hades, and then there was Vesta, Cirrus, and Juno, and finally, number six was Jupiter. So in mythology, and I'm sorry if you're having breakfast, I apologize, 
sorry, this is just the way it is. In mythology, Saturn, in order to make sure that he was not overthrown by one of his children, ate them upon their birth. I tried to get through that as fast as I could. It really is a gross analogy, but obviously it's a story that isn't true. Now, all of the children, because they were born through Saturn's lineage, were immortal, so they actually stayed alive. We'll get to that in a moment. There was one other thing that I found, uh, another analogy of what he was doing there, was also saying or symbolizing that time devours the courses of the seasons. In other words, it gorges itself on insatiability on years that are past. So maybe there is a metaphor for that. Saturn became known as the god of generation, disillusion, of plenty, of wealth, particularly of agriculture and periodic renewal and liberation. Now, Saturn's wife was also his sister. Her name was Ops. And when Jupiter was born, Ops was tired of Saturn eating the children. And so she wrapped a stone in the swaddling cloth, put that in the bed, and smuggled Jupiter off to Crete. Well, Saturn devoured the stone. Then later, when Jupiter was of age and too big to be eaten... Ops brought him back to basically challenge his father. Jupiter created a potion that made Saturn basically expel (laughs) the, the children that were immortal and in his stomach, in his belly. The children all rallied against him, overthrew him, swapped roles, and Jupiter became Lord God then at that point, the father of the gods. So whether Zeus in Greek mythology or Jupiter's Roman mythology, he was the chief deity until the 5th century when Christianity took over. And this figure obviously is all the way down through history. I pulled a couple of other things that in ancient Babylon, Marduk, that was the same image as Jupiter. So then Saturn's role basically switched to becoming the lord of agriculture. Now there is a temple to Saturn in the Roman Forum. And it was this period that basically Saturn ruled growing. And again, there's the analogy, putting the seed in the ground, tilling the ground, doing the work, and then waiting over time. Nothing pops up out of the ground except weeds, right? Nothing you want, unless you eat dandelions. Here they're good for you. Anyway, so, so this fall feast that was held around the winter solstice was Saturnalia, And actually, during the Feast of Saturnalia, no war could be declared. Slaves and masters switched roles, and it was a season for giving gifts. The festival was a total abandon and merrymaking. So that's basically the history of Saturn and Jupiter in mythology. But I did find this, and I thought this was interesting. As a contrast between the two, Saturn is considered cold, slow, dry, and separate where Jupiter is considered warm, fast, and moist or inclusive. Where there is light, Saturn brings darkness. Where there is heat, Saturn brings cold. Where there is joy, Saturn brings sadness. Where there is life, Saturn brings death. And where there is luck, Saturn brings misfortune. Where there is unity, Saturn brings isolation. Where there is knowledge, Saturn brings fear. Where there is hope, Saturn brings skepticism and stalling. And the purpose for all of that is around crystallization or, again, planting that seed in the ground and not getting in too big of a Jupiterian hurry 
but rather building something of lasting form. It is said that Saturn is the only planet that does not cause overexpansion, but rather causes Jupiter's expansion to remit. And actually, if Jupiter were with us in modern day times, I hate to report this, but Jupiter would actually probably be a target of the Me Too movement because Jupiter was described as oversexed and quite the philanderer. And I think that was the balance in the sky two nights ago was the difference between the overexpansion, the overabundance, the overexuberance, and the slow, steady, methodical course. So basically, as we've talked about, and as the stock market showed us that very day, we get both, and we will have both on a new 20-year cycle. With that, I think we will put Saturn and Jupiter to bed, and we will move on tomorrow to set the stage for the holiday weekend. Have a good one. Take care. We'll see you in the morning. Bye-bye.